Let us once again hear the words of our gospel text, as they are found in verse 16 and 26 of John chapter 14. Verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. May the Lord so bless his word to our hearts and lives and unto that pilgrim pathway upon which we are called to walk. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, we have before us the beginning of Christ's farewell discourse to his disciples. He's saying goodbye to those 12 that had followed him so intimately for those three years. Indeed, for three years, the disciples had followed Jesus as they had crisscrossed the land of Judea for three years. They had heard his preaching and teaching in a most blessed way. For three years, they were, were witnesses to his miracles. For three years, they saw the way he confronted religious hypocrisy and confronted the religious establishment. And now Jesus announces that he would soon be leaving them. And no doubt this was shocking to their ears, and they found it very difficult to hear the Lord speak to them as he did. They didn't want to believe our Savior's words. And it is quite obvious from the events that followed that they didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about. I'm sure that as we read and heard the scriptures together, we could sense their perplexity, their bewilderment, and perhaps even a, a sense of, of, of denial. The questions that Thomas and Philip asked Jesus showed that, that the disciples did not yet understand the purpose of Christ's ministry their questions revealed their misunderstanding. Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. In a very gentle and pastoral way, our Redeemer promises them that he will not leave them alone as orphans. And Jesus, in his reply, wants to also encourage his followers this day, his followers gathered here this afternoon in this church sanctuary. He's leaving, but another helper for them is on the way, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit whose arrival we celebrate in Pentecost. But who is this Holy Spirit? 
And what were the disciples of long ago to understand by the Holy Spirit? Jesus they knew. He was of their flesh and blood. He was their master. He was their, their rabbi. But the Holy Spirit, to them, the Holy Spirit was, well, indescribable, vague, faceless, and their way of understanding nameless and perhaps even unknowable. Jesus they knew personally. Now thinking of the disciples long ago, why the Holy Spirit was mysterious. What communion would they have with the Lord Jesus once he was gone? Who could ever take the place of the Lord Jesus? Jesus so real, so identifiable of their flesh and blood, but the Holy Spirit. What were they to understand? And so our Savior explains who the Spirit is. Setting the record straight, the ongoing record of salvation history, he must leave. There will be the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension. Day is on the horizon. The Spirit must come. The Lord Jesus encourages his, his disciples not to let their hearts be troubled. Do not be anxious. The Holy Spirit would take his place here on earth. The burden of Christ's ministry in this section of Scripture is to give the disciples hope as they carry on in his ministry. As they continue to do the work that they will be commissioned to do. In their deepest and darkest hour when they think all is over, as the Lord said, I'm going, what, what? In their deepest and darkest hour, Jesus promises them the comforter, precisely so that they then and we today may enjoy the abiding communion of the Lord Jesus. Our Lord tells them on another occasion, as we find it in chapter 16, also part of the farewell discourse, that it is to their advantage, their advantage that he is going Unless I go away, the counselor will not come. And the Lord Jesus underlines, underscores for his disciple, point by point, his own ministry and the ministry that the Holy Spirit is going to take up. He is unveiling, he is revealing the identity of the Holy Spirit, showing the followers, his followers, the way in which the Holy Spirit is to be known so that they and we together with them today may know and understand who the Holy Spirit is. In our scripture lesson, amplifying, highlighting our text, three aspects as to the person and the work of the Holy Spirit as our teacher in the first place, as our helper, that divine counselor in the second place, and as the divine homemaker in the third place. Jesus is concerned to magnify the third person of the divine trinity as one who has come for our everlasting advantage. And he does so by giving the Holy Spirit these three titles. The first of those titles he 
will come as their teacher. He will lead them in all truth. The Holy Spirit will, will teach Christ's followers the beauties of grace. The Holy Spirit will teach the disciples of the Lord the wonder of God's wonder-working love. In days past, Jesus had taught them, and now the Holy Spirit will descend to become their teacher. How will this take place? On that day, Pentecost, he will come, and they would be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The chief burden of the Spirit's teaching ministry is that the Spirit will, will open their eyes, they will open their hearts to the person of Jesus Christ, the exaltation of Christ, and to the love of the Father, the glory of the Father. Jesus is saying that when the Spirit comes in the day of Pentecost, he, he will teach the disciples then, the, the disciples today, nothing less than the deep mysteries of God. The Spirit is, is that hidden spotlight shining on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit, that, that hidden spotlight, that floodlight making clear the Father's mercies covenant compassions in Christ. Yes, it is the Spirit who, who searches the depths of the attributes of God, revealing to us that He is eternal, incomprehensible, invisible, unchangeable, infinite, almighty, perfectly wise, just good, and the overflowing fountain of all good. It is the Holy Spirit who in his teaching ministry through the word of truth reveals to men and women, boys and girls, what is necessary for them to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That life of repent and believe. It is the Spirit that reveals the deep mystery of faith. Without faith, we heard earlier, it is impossible to please God. He shows us our sin, our waywardness, our rebellion, our transgression, our half-heartedness, but also opens to the people of the Lord the way of salvation, the Spirit who works conversion, bringing sinners to repentance and faith. It is the Spirit who, who brings one who is dead in sin back to life again. It is the Spirit who, who, who works in the hearts of all those who truly believe. For the Holy Spirit has perfect understanding of the eternal decrees of God. And it is He that works in the heart of the believer to, to make the believer, to lead the believer, find his or her delight in the holy God, applying God's word to his people in the hearts to delight in God. And in that delight, we may realize this, that the Son is in the Father and the Son is in the believer. How great and, and comforting to know that, that Christ might be in us and we in him. 
the world would stare in confusion at such a declaration. But the believer knows that the Lord is always close by. And how beautiful it is that we may be assured, assured of God's gracious love. How beautiful to, to experience that love in, in, in the preaching of the word. And also when we come to, to celebrate Christ's work in, in the communion feast, how beautiful. Let us be true to our confession and, and let us acknowledge before God's throne of grace the importance of the Holy Spirit working in our heart to teach us the way of the Lord, to teach us the way of salvation, to teach us the pathway of the pilgrim. To be sure, you and I, we both have a lot of growing to do. We are not always uh, so eager to listen to our teacher as we ought. And we need to pray to the Lord that through his word and by his spirit we might be taught again and again that grow in the growth of faith, grow in the growth of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his blessed truth. Beloved, do you recognize the work of the spirit in your lives? Oh, you must. Has we, has he, as we confess and in Lord's Day 1, assured you of eternal life? Do you know something of what it is by the Spirit's power to make that beautiful confession that declares that one is wholeheartedly willing and ready to live for the Lord day by day. Why, that is the work of the Holy Spirit to teach us these things. All those who are claimed by God have, have received the blessings of the Spirit's work. We may be assured of it, even in our doubts. We may yet come to the Lord and say, Lord, show me the way. I have my questions, but you have the answers. God dealing with his people beyond the powers of our understanding. The mystery in our own way of understanding is too deep. But through the working of the Holy Spirit, we may come behind the mystery and in faith believe, accepting the promise of the Lord, taking the promise of the Lord as a sure thing, living according to those promises, waking up in the morning and knowing that we live before the God who watches over us, God who loves his children as a father, the son who laid down his life for the sheep. And the Holy Spirit was come to, to open our eyes and hearts to the great height and depths of God's wondrous grace so that our spiritual fellowship might indeed rest with the triune God, the Holy Spirit, revealing, illuminating, teaching us the beauties, the extent, the depth of the beauties of Christ's love. God's mercy toward us. That's what experiential Christianity is all about, the experience of God in our lives. And we need to experience that Christ is 
is in us and we in him, it must grip us. Let us not take this for granted. Let us not skim the surface. Let us not go forth with the deep conviction of the profundity of God's blessed love. The believer declares, yes, Christ dwells in me. Remember that congregation when you are tempted to sin. And with that knowledge, so to speak, chase sin away. When you are in a time of doubts, think of Christ. Think of what Christ has done and as it were, chase those doubts away, knowing that the Holy Spirit is, being, is used then. God is working in us to chase those doubts away. Christ living in the heart of every believer. Almost every pastoral problem. And we find those problems. Can be attributed to the fact that people do not carry forth from day to day. In themselves the conviction that they might be in Christ and Christ in them. When, for example, there is trouble in the marriage where both partners claim to be Christians, it is because they do not see clearly enough Christ in the other. When we have bad thoughts about other believers, it is because we do not see clearly enough Christ in the other. When we live in the knowledge of Christ in us, our problems become small in comparison to the problems of the world. Yes, there will be seasons where we are buffeted about. And we may be tossed and turned by the trials and the tribulations that come to us in life, but in perspective... In perspective, our problems are small when we remember Christ in us. And it is by the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit that this becomes a reality for us. The Lord is, is, is sent to us by means of the Holy Spirit, and we must be amazed by this. Yes, we must. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. All of it. All of it for our benefit. Think of it. Christ in us, not only did he die for us, but he also dwells in the hearts of fellow believers. Oh, that the Holy Spirit might teach us over and again, more and more, that Christ dwells in the believer. He is not only with us through the Holy Spirit, he is also in us, making us believe the truth. God's holy word. What a blessed teaching ministry. Now, the Holy Spirit, secondly, is not only a, a teacher, but has also been given to us as our helper, as our counselor. The Spirit, who is the teacher, is also our helper. He has been called alongside to our, our aid. The truth that Jesus is speaking of can be described in forensic legal terms. The Spirit is sent in the context of God's divine law, and he conducts his work in the sense as the counsel of the prosecution. 
not only prosecuting sinners to reveal our sin, for apart from Christ we are guilty and worthy of everlasting damnation. But in this context, coming alongside of us as the defense counsel of believers. Yes, it's the Spirit who first convinces us of our sin, who shows us our transgression and our trespasses, but then also bids us see Christ's wounds and his cross and all the covering we need for our sins and uncleanness. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts our hearts that, that Jesus gave his life so that we might receive our own life. When we hear the Lord Jesus then speak of the helper, the counselor, the comforter, we do not simply do so thinking of the legal counsel that we are familiar with today. The Spirit does not serve on a team of Jewish lawyers and trying to apply the law in ways that are convenient, but as our friend. As our friend because the Spirit is able to bear witness to the truth about you. The Spirit does not need to, to call forth a witness from here and a witness from there, but He Himself is the witness. And the Lord Jesus then promising to send His disciples that intimate friend in order that we might be in the company of our Redeemer, also in our struggles. And how glorious it is that as we face the tasks of the week to come, that we don't do so alone. When we are in the spirit of the when we are in the spirit's company, we are in close fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a high standing that is for us! What a blessing to know that the Holy Spirit counsels us when we bring the Word of God to to our remembrance. When the Word of God is applied to our life situations. From the womb to the tomb, the Spirit has been with Jesus, and it is the same for those who believe in true faith. Jesus sends another counselor to be with his followers forever. But not another spirit. The same Spirit that dwelt upon the Lord Jesus. There is but only one Holy Spirit. Not multiple Holy Spirits, but one Holy Spirit. The same Spirit comes to believers today. He will indwell them and be their helper in this world, which is often nothing but a veil of tears. We think of the work of the office bearers as they serve as under-shepherds, as they enter the lives of the congregation to encourage, to admonish, to, to give direction, to lead the flock here in this place. And, at times the work of the office bearers seems insurmountable, but then they too may go forth in the conviction, the power, Pentecost power. The Spirit will guide them in Christ's teaching. And when we think of 
all the things that come across our pathway, and the questions that come to us. Again, we may think of the Holy Spirit and thank the Lord that He is with us. Beloved, can you take that in? Can you take it in, brothers and sisters, that the Spirit of God indwells all those who believe? Oh, we may think it is almost too much for us. If this is true, and it most certainly is, by Christ's own word, why we must rejoice. We have been given a glorious inheritance that we may live out of already now in the Spirit's and by the Spirit's power. Beloved, marvel at God's love and mercy and His call to us. And as we come to our third point, we want to think of the Holy Spirit not only as our teacher and our helper, but as the divine homemaker. Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Is that not what the homemaker does? Boys and girls, if you have company after church, is it not your mother who, first of all, is busy getting things ready for your visitors? Does not the homemaker go in advance to prepare things for the guests? Jesus is telling us in John chapter 14, yes, he's leaving. He's going from earth to heaven in order to be a homemaker and in order to prepare a home. And in his place he will send the Spirit. In verse 23 we read, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The Spirit is the one who has been sent to make our hearts a home for God. He is our homemaker. He is working to make our homes, our hearts, presentable to the holy God. See the beauty of it again, congregation. Jesus ascends to make a home for us there. And the Spirit descends to make a home here in our hearts. Jesus will not leave us homeless. He will not leave us orphans. The homemaker in most of our homes, busy day by day, making our houses into homes. She is the one who takes the name of another. And she may never be ashamed when, when the world might say, oh, only a homemaker. No, the homemaker holds the home together. And how much more so, the Holy Spirit's. The world doesn't know anything of the work of the homemaker. The Holy Spirit may be anonymous to the world. Oh, to their regret, to their sorrow. They don't recognize that. But essential, essential to the family of God. 
The Holy Spirit makes things happen. He puts our homes, our hearts in order. And he will make our hearts ready for that great day of days when the Lord Jesus Christ will again come to bring heaven to earth, when he will descend as he ascended. We live in that conviction, do we not? If the whole of the Christian life could be, shall we say, analyzed, summarized in brief, we would have to come to this work of the Spirit, the home-making work of the Holy Spirits. In order to make our lives homely for himself, the Father has purchased ruined sinners at the price of his Son, and then he sends his Spirit to transform it in order that God may dwell there. The Spirit is sent so that the ground for the fruits of the spirits can be prepared. And is it not so, congregation, that the fruit of the spirits must be cultivated and grown so that our lives can be that place where the Father and the Son can be at home, a home that is well-pleasing to God, a home that has been made home by the spirits. With praise to God, we confess the giving of the Spirit as a sovereign gift from God. It is not mechanical. The Spirit is active. The Spirit living in the life of the believer. And how joyful then we must be for that day of Pentecost, that glorious day when the Spirit sent for the people of God, for the church of God. May we never tire of giving praise to our triune God. And this we declare in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Spirit came as promised in God's appointed hour. And now to each believer he comes in love and power. And by his Holy Spirit God seals us as his own and through the Son and Spirit makes access to his throne. We're singing together hymn 50. Hymn 50.